Welcome to the Podglomerate. Hello and welcome to Plus 7 Intelligence, the show about how games impact people. My name's Chess. Today on the show, I have from Coaching for Geeks, it's Robin Bates, and he is a great guy who kind of turned around his experience of feeling like he didn't have his life together and not really finding fulfillment, and now he actually helps other people, other geeks, with motivation and career and fitness and all sorts of stuff through Coaching for Geeks. So I'm really excited to talk about his story. Uh, I'm really interested in how he uses games specifically. He, I learned a lot in the interview, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Before we get to the interview, I want to remind you guys again, I know I talk about it a lot, the plus7intelligence.com slash loot page. The loot page is a great way to support the show. It has all the easy links to support the show on social media and to leave reviews for the show. It really makes a difference. It's the fans who keep this show going. By doing that, you also enter in to the monthly game giveaway. So check out the loot page. It's great for you. It's great for me. It's great. Stay tuned after the interview. I have an announcement or two about the show. Now on to the interview. All right, here I am with Robin Bates. He is the level up master of (laughs) Coaching for Geeks, uh, which does coaching and a blog and a podcast and and all sorts of stuff. It's all about coaching for geeks, all kinds of career (laughs) stuff. Life stuff, relationship stuff. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to him. So, welcome to the show, Robin. Uh, thank you so much, Jess. You know, uh, found your podcast recently. Love what you're doing. It's you have such great guests, such a fantastic resource for people who are into gamification and and that that effect that games have on the world. So, I'm, I'm really excited, really happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad uh, you're able to make it. All right, so. <laughs> So let's start where all stories start with your origin story. Uh, how did coaching for geeks come about? Sure. Well, I was uh, I was a shy nerd, a shy geek boy in the eighties in the Midlands of England. Uh, rather than learning and developing my social skills, my confidence, uh, those kinds of abilities, which which are skills I was at home with my started with the BBC Micro, then a Spectrum 48K Plus, then a Super Nintendo, PlayStation, a Commodore Amiga, all of the Game Boys, Game Gears. I had, I had the lot, I had a 3DO of all things. <laughs> uh, and so rather than sort of socialising, I was learning a lot of valuable skills, but not the ones that would do me much use when I headed off to, to college, to university. And that's where I turned to drink and drugs, really, to try and fit in. I'd found a crowd that accepted me, and I spent most of my 20s getting high. Uh, Got airlifted out of Glastonbury Music Festival in a very bad state, and at that point I knew things had to change. That's when I found the world of personal development and started learning about coaching about neuro-linguistic programming about uh, cognitive behavior therapy all of these sorts of things and and almost as an amateur learn about it and used it on myself so cut to 10 years later 
I'd climbed the corporate ladder. Uh, I'd moved to London, climbed the corporate ladder to the top, and looked around and went, what the, what the hell am I doing here? I hadn't actually taken charge of my development. I just kind of bumbled around grabbing opportunities as they presented without any plan. And I'd ended up in a job that was uh, not consistent with my values. It was not consistent with the things that were important to me. And so I found myself crying on the Northern Line one day. <laughs> That's a great journey home with a bacon sandwich in your hands. A Diet Coke, crying on the tube. <laughs> I'd got fat because I was eating my feelings. Uh, all my social life had fallen away. It was. It was really that was that was the the teardrop in which coaching for geeks was born. Um, because well, I don't know if you guys will have seen it. There was an advert. There was a PlayStation advert. Back in, I think it was uh, 99, 2000, the Double Life advert. And it said, it was a fantastic minute-long advert. It went, for years I've lived a double life. In the day I do my job. I ride the bus, roll up my sleeves with the hoi polloi. But at night I live a life of exhilaration, of missed heartbeats and adrenaline. And if the truth be known, a life of dubious virtue. I won't deny it. I've been engaged in violence, even indulged in it. I've maimed and killed adversaries and not merely in self-defence. I've exhibited disregard for life, limb and property and savoured every moment. You may not think it to look at me, but I have commanded armies and conquered worlds. And though in achieving these things I've set morality aside, I have no regrets. For though I've led a double life, at least I can say... I've lived. And that stuck with me because oh, wow. how many gamers aren't actually living a full and rich life? This isn't to shame gamers whatsoever. I'm still a gamer to this day. I'm so excited. I don't know when this is going out, but you know, at this point we're like five days away from Super Mario Odyssey and I just <laughs> counting down the minutes. Uh, <laughs> but how many gamers just sit and play? without going out and experiencing the world, without working on the careers, without working on the, the, the selves in, in the same way that they work on on levelling up in a game, that they do on, on getting that next loot box, that they do on playing as a team in Overwatch. And these are the things that we are now utilising in Coaching for Geeks to drive personal and professional development forwards for geeks, nerds, gamers and their friends. Sorry, I got a little bit excited then. I'll let you, I'll let you ask a question, Jess. <laughs> no, that, no, that's great. I mean, you know, exactly what you're talking about with people say, oh, well, gamers are, you know, maybe they're antisocial or whatever. They have these issues with not really engaging in society and stuff like that. And to an extent, that's true, but it's true to the extent that gamers the population of gamers is not a perfect representation, but it is a representation of society at large. So mm. all these symptoms you see in gamers, you know, issues they're having, they're issues that everyone's having. Sure. Um, and part of what I wanted to do with this show is to have that conversation and talk about how games are, how gamers are breaking those stereotypes and how games can actually help in many ways. And so, so yeah, I, I definitely am really excited about the idea of flipping the script. I mentioned this to you before the show, and, and sometimes it comes up on the show, is that before this, I, I had a blog where 
that idea of the double life was what started it was I felt that exact thing in my life that with games, I was engaged. I was excited. I was taking risks. I was, Mm -hmm. I was putting my mind into it. I was working hard. And then in my real life, I was, I was very hesitant to put my all into, (laughs) into my real life and to my own development. And, and that's, that kind of started the snowball to, to where I am now and where the show is now. Yeah, it's if we can just map across some of those experiences and activities and willingness to get stuck in, get involved, take a risk, spend that time figuring out that stupid puzzle. In I'm looking at you, the witness. I'm seriously looking at you, the witness, which I have not finished. <laughs> Solve that ridiculous puzzle with no, with no help, with no, uh, with no guidance, and, and just get it done. Then you know the geek shall inherit the earth. The, we we have so much to offer is taking charge of that mindset and channeling it towards having that bit of focus towards something that you want to achieve. So let's talk a little bit about how how you do that, how you bridge that gap. I know that in your coaching, you, you talk about incorporating things like quests and XP and pixel art, video game metaphors, uh, what you call the video game wrapper uh, mm. to to your coaching. So, so, so why, I guess we kind of already kind of hinted at it, but, but why do all those things? What does that video game wrapper, that video game flavor add to coaching? Well, on one level, it's just using the language that people understand, that people enjoy, that people get at a real deep level. People identify as a gamer or as a geek. So you're really talking to them at a level of their identity. As the world of personal <laughs> the world of personal development uses quite a lot of wanky language. If you go to a big, you know, like a Tony Robbins event, uh, there's all these hypnotic language patterns and Milton model, which I totally understand why it's being done to bring about change. But if I attend something like that, I get lost very quickly. And I'm I'm you know, I work in this world of personal development, yet you're talking on a level that doesn't talk to me. If we can use examples of, hey, Mario knows what his goal is, it's to get to the flag, do you know what your goal is? If we can use uh, some nice little pixel art to, to, to represent different concepts and, and bring people on board, if we can offer XP and achievements and leveling up, then that's built into what we do as geeks and gamers. And that drives people towards it. It builds interest. It builds excitement. And people get on board with it. People get really excited when they essentially are just getting a sticker on a a chart. Well, it turns out people love earning a sticker on a chart. And people will do things to earn a sticker on a chart for bragging rights and to to earn a badge or a sticker that they're going to get in the post. It's... It's these small rewards that people will will fight over, not in a not in a fisticuffs way, but they will get involved in the group, in the community, help each other out, and help each other work towards their goals in exchange for stickers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever it takes to get up off the couch and do something, anything, get, go from a state of you know, 
maybe not having direction or not not really acting with much energy to then you know making something or changing something mm-hmm. uh, can make all the difference and and we're using systems and processes the terms and and ways of working that are already understood they don't require much explanation or processing by the individual because they know it they get it sure we can help them out if they need that additional guidance and support but tell people that you do this you gain xp you level up you win there's like yeah yeah we know how to do that let's just get on with it so let's talk about some of the the examples of of what you do for instance i saw that you have a 30-day level up challenge that i believe is starting pretty soon after this is being recorded mm-hmm. can you describe what that is Sure, this is running uh, throughout November, 30-day level-up challenge. Uh, What would happen if you chose one stat to work on for 30 days? 30 minutes every day for 30 days. So we've taken what is a classic coaching tool. It's called the Wheel of Life, where you identify usually eight key areas of your life and they usually uh, you know relationships money home career uh exercise those sorts of things uh and we've turned it into uh well they're, they're stats they're stats so we've gone uh oh, i've got my list of stats now <laughs> but we've taken stats we've taken them from you know from fallout from uh from from so we've got strength health will charisma perform uh heart and you feel a bit like captain planet when you're listing them <laughs> but uh, so you choose a stat so but that stat could represent health could represent uh, exercise eating healthy getting to bed uh, will could represent uh, meditation uh, therapy uh, reading downtime it's it's about each person contextualizing one stat into their life and then working on it every day for 30 minutes and seeing how much they level it up and we use this tool to identify where they believe their level is right now and we'll do it right at the end so they can see they have that data and it is just a snapshot of how they're feeling at that moment in time but it's a really useful way to figure out where you're sitting and of course we've dressed up the the tool with um the Metal Gear Solid font, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so each of the stats has the Metal Gear Solid font on it. Um, and why 30 minutes for 30 days? I'll be honest with you, Chas. This idea came to me on a whim whilst I took a day off in Brighton. I went down to the beach. I went and played the arcades. I went, what would happen? I was like, what's, what's not too long? I was like, an hour. An hour is too long. That's too long to demand out of someone's day every day. 30 minutes is probably enough to achieve something and not to overwhelm someone. You can claw 30 minutes back from maybe uh, you, you get up half an hour earlier. Maybe you take a shorter lunch break. Maybe you knock off early. Maybe you take a different route home. Maybe there are ways to claw back 30 minutes within your day. And then block the time out, spend that 30 minutes on that one stat and one stat only. Again, it's about not overwhelming people. It's about showing people how much they can achieve in such a short space of time. And then to really incentivize it. 
again, it's stickers. It's stickers. They build up a hot streak. We get them to check in every day with some evidence that they have done something to work on that stat. They get a sticker on a chart. They build up a hot streak. Nobody wants to break their streak. And to really reinforce that, we're giving away prizes. Hooray! So, so if we can get our hands on one, uh, Nintendo Mini Classic SNES will will give away. And we've got some extra prizes. We've got Comic-Con here in the UK next weekend. And uh, we'll see who I can meet and who I can blag some prizes off to give away to the winners of the challenge. So by incentivizing personal development, making it easy, using language they understand, I'm really excited to see what our tribe can achieve in in what's a relatively short space of time it'll be gone in a in a blink and then december and christmas will be upon us you guys will have thanksgiving whoa hey there american members you're gonna have you might have a tough time getting through thanksgiving doing your 30 minutes <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see sort of almost the the veils lift from from the 50 people who've signed up so far and go oh wow look look at what i've done why don't i keep it going and that's that's where the real challenge comes in for me and coaching for geeks taking these people beyond the challenge and continuing that personal development journey so this is a little bit of an experiment for for yourself and for for coaching for geeks as well i was going to ask if you had if you had done uh open challenges like this before and what those turned out like not to this extent we've done um can you can you do a bit of exercise for a week or uh can we up the amount of water that we're drinking so smaller shorter term challenges nothing that's been quite as wrapped up in uh, gamification or in uh, having the daily support emails, the daily check-in, the daily accountability that this one has. So it is a bit of an experiment. I have no idea how it's going to go, but I'm <laughs> I'm very confident that that some people, it might just be me, it might just be me that does 30 minutes exercise a day and loses another bunch of weight, and I'll be happy with that. <laughs> so another way that you incorporate games into coaching is that you actually run role-playing games uh, as part of your coaching sessions. So why role-playing games and, and what do role-playing games accomplish for uh, for personal development? I didn't play a role-playing game until about five years ago when one day I, went, I woke up and went, I've never played Dungeons & Dragons. Um, I should really play Dungeons & Dragons and bought the Pathfinder beginner box and I've still not actually played Dungeons and Dragons. I've played Pathfinder. I've played a plethora of other systems. I've never played D&D. But role-playing games, oh, wow. There's so much you can do in role-playing games. They offer this structured environment where you can try things out which have in-game consequences, but no actual consequence in the real world. So you can create a scenario for people to try things out, to take them out of their comfort zone without them realising they're going out of their comfort zone because they're simply playing a game. Because, you know, with I'm a, I'm a practitioner of NLP and other, other therapies which enable you to give somebody confidence in a variety of scenarios. 
But then if you take them out into the real world and say, maybe it's an interview and they've not practiced interview skills or interview technique or being in that situation, then all that confidence will desert them. You've got to be able to back up confidence with competence and experience. But if you create a scenario where maybe <laughs> maybe they're a, they're a goblin and they've got to go and be interviewed by the Dark Overlord who's recruiting new goblins for goblins for his, for his cadre of, of his goblin horde. And you really want to be part of this because, you know, goblins don't get on very easily without, in life without finding an overlord to, uh, to look after them. And it would mean bedding and food and all those exciting things. Then you can take somebody through that. And then at the end, the real key with using role-playing games is is the debrief at the end. You have to ask the questions that enable them to reflect upon what just happened, how did it go, how could it have gone better, and what would you do differently next time, what did you feel, what did you think, all of those sorts of experiences. So tomorrow, I'm actually doing this tomorrow for a group of young entrepreneurs going out to Harlow in Essex. Uh, and there's... It's the Roots Pod Academy. They're running a week of activities for teenage entrepreneurs. Uh, and I've been asked to go along and run a game. So they'll be doing a... We're playing one of Grant Howitt's games. He's one of my favourite RPG designers. He creates these really simple one-page systems. Very malleable. You can you can put in there what you want. You can take out what you want. But this is all about business skills. So they'll be pulling off a heist... Uh, Honeycon 2017 is coming to town and it has the finest honeys known to mankind and they've got to come up with a plan, got to resource it, get in, get the honey, get out. Uh, also, there'll be bears in a human world. <laughs> so, so that means they're going to have to learn or utilise uh, planning teamwork they'll each have different abilities they'll have to take advantage of them communication skills how do you communicate with a human when you're a bear that's <laughs> that's one of the questions they're going to have to ask one thing they don't know yet is somebody won't talk to them until they've come up with a contract so they'll have they'll just be told you've got 10 minutes to come up with a contract go away write it and come back to me so they'll be learning skills around that too there's so there's just so much in there i'm really excited for this um because we do this with adults all the time, but it's the youngsters who have have the more fervent imaginations who will embrace it wholeheartedly and just run with it, come up with the craziest ideas, come up with the crazy plans and see how, see how it goes. And of course, they're at the mercy of the dice, so things are going to go wrong and they're going to have to come up with solutions to the problems, they're going to have to deal with the unknown, they're going to have to run for their lives as bears. They're going to have, have to climb trees. They're going to have things falling down. There might be armed guards at the XL centre. It might be on fire. It might be... <laughs> and they'll just thrive. I'm very, very excited. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's really, really fascinating. I've heard so much about the potential of role-playing games in so many ways. And what you're doing where you're kind of identifying a skill set or a situation that somebody needs improvement in and then making a game and using a tabletop role-playing game to to set up a situation that's very similar but change change the theme change change how it feels and change so that it's more comfortable and it feels like a safer 
place to practice those skills, to potentially fail, to, you know, try out new ideas. That's just really, really exciting. I, I really, I really like that you and, and I've seen some other people in groups do this too, where they will use role playing as a tool and that in many cases it's found to be really effective for getting people to open up and to try new things, practice new things and and grow in that way. Absolutely. It's getting people to explore that what if mentality and give it a go. What if I tried this? What would happen? Well, we don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> Just finding out because getting people to embrace failure as a natural part of life is a brilliant learning and development tool uh, is one of the key things you can do through role-playing games because you're at the mercy of the dice that one is going to come up more often than you want. <laughs> Those 20s are going to be evasive and elusive. But that one is going to keep coming up and something horrible is going to happen uh, and you're just going to have to deal with it. And that's one of the questions you ask at the end. They, you take note of the, the so-called failure and say, this happened, but you didn't give up. This happened. Did you class that as a failure? Uh, the wheels fell off the car. But you kept driving. <laughs> One of the great games for doing this is actually called Paranoia, where you're under the watchful eye of a friend computer in Alpha Complex. And any time you roll a six, friend computer gets involved. Something breaks, something goes wrong. The room starts to fill with poison gas. Uh, something really, really terrible happens. And you just have to keep going. And you have clones. You, just, you lose a clone. The dispenser tube presents another one so it doesn't really matter that you might die five times before you even reach the briefing room because it's all about that slapstick nonsense that happens in alpha complex and it doesn't matter if you fail because you learn from it you do something different that went wrong as well so what let's try again and that's what i love about role-playing games that's the real opportunity that you get from them that risk-free failure I also saw that you have some kind of achievement system in your Facebook group. Um, how does how does that work? This started. We had a Facebook group. We had about five hundred members, and they weren't really engaging with it. It's like we're putting out content every day. How do we encourage people to engage with it? How do we encourage people to do things? How do we encourage people to go out of the comfort zones? How do we encourage people to contribute? How do we encourage people to share their wins, their successes? How do we encourage people to ask for help? Achievements, that's how you, how you encourage it. Anybody who's running any group of any kind, you need achievements. We generated a list of achievements, which was everything from do something cool for somebody else in the group. Uh, share a share a geeky link in the group. Um, uh, get involved in some of the activities in the group. Uh, lot, lots around sort of generating engagement for us, but also getting them to help each other, getting them to participate more, getting them to join in with the activities that are there, really for their benefit. Well, it was very very lo-fi. This is what we talked about earlier. I bought a sticker chart. I bought some gold stars. I wrote everybody who wanted to take part in the beta test of the achievements. You have to reply with a GIF, just because I love animated GIFs. 
Uh, <laughs> and you will be a part of it. Uh, we've actually just ended season one of the achievements. Uh, and it took our group from being a quiet little place to, uh, at times, chaotic, but very engaged, <laughs> very involved, <laughs> quite noisy group. The friendships have been struck. People are collaborating on uh, YouTube content, on podcasts. We've got Etsy stores that are taking off. Everyone's just much more involved in each other's development as well as their own. And what was the prize for levelling up, for getting all of the achievements? All it was was a frisbee. It was a frisbee with a sticker on it. <laughs> but people wanted that frisbee, God damn it. <laughs> And the other prize was you get to come up with an achievement for season two of uh, the achievement system. And we'll be looking to uh, make it a bit more technologically advanced this, t- this time. <laughs> Rather than stickers on a chart, it was very intensive for me having to go in every day, review what everyone had posted and going, oh, that's, that's achievement worthy, that's achievement worthy, that's achievement worthy. And putting my own GIF, we had a little achievement unlocked GIF, which used the uh, Coaching for Geeks logo. It's like, oh, I'm getting sick and tired of posting this GIF. <laughs> so, so we're looking at various systems which will enable us to uh, bring it onto the website, make it a bit less labour intensive for me, and get the people, almost uh, the members of the group, uh, corroborating each other's achievements. So that will be the way it works. That's a work in progress. We'll launch that in the new year when everybody's starting to let their New Year's resolutions slip. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's great that it uh, it worked out. I I know after you know after doing some online projects for a while, you know, getting getting people engaged and getting people excited about stuff uh, is not easy. It's uh, mm. it, it can feel like an uphill battle. But yeah, if you if if you find something that people can engage with, like they engage with a game, then you know some pretty pretty awesome stuff can happen. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been phenomenal seeing what people have achieved and the way that they've embraced working on on themselves and working for each other and just doing cool stuff, going out of the comfort zone and trying new things. And we've got someone who's uh, just today they posted they want to run a an intro to D&D session for Coaching for Geeks, and this has now expanded. It's becoming an, an intro to role-playing games, and we've got various people who are going to run different systems, and they'll be drop-in, drop-outs, come along for two hours, play a game. It'll be in one of the gaming pubs in London. Other people going, oh, hey, we want to play, but we're in America, or we're in North London, we're in North England. All right, right, so we're going to do it. Can I do it via Discord as well? All right, let's <laughs> from from this little acorn. Let's almost like, oh hey, let's play D and D. So that become this beautiful day of people trying out different systems and getting together and getting to meet each other and socialising and becoming sort of real world friends as well. Oh, it makes my heart containers fill up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. If you had any success stories of people that that maybe they've tried other coaching or self-development and then your approach with with the gamification or you know the video game wrapper has that made the difference for them that other maybe more traditional self-development methods didn't quite work for them the surprising ones that it's worked for the ones that 
aren't really gamers or geeks or don't identify as such. People just like the messaging and the approach because despite not being as involved in that world as some of our, I would say, more like hardcore geek members, it's those people who've gone, oh, this is fun. <laughs> this is a bit different. And it's the ones who have experienced the other varieties of coaching and personal development that are out there that that take to it because it is a little bit different it is a bit quirky it's it's a bit ramshackle it's a bit rougher it's a bit rough around the edges i'm not a tidy man i've got scruffy hair and a beard and glasses um i very much look the type but my, my, i've lost quite a lot of weight so i'm even in an ill-fitting suit <laughs> So like that, that guy's a nerd. <laughs> it's, it's kind of my my appeal, and you know, all of my social media is unashamedly me. It's real. This is one of the things I see other personal development, other than much more successful coaches and personal development guys and girls, um, fall down on. Like they curate and present this very measured and structured and it's all it's all personal development quotes and it's all images of, of them on stage and it's all images of them presenting and it's all images of them with with les brown it's all it's it's not real whereas you've got me at comic-con going oh my god look it's it, it's willow look oh my god look it's a stormtrooper getting excited and, and going Oh, I'm giving up my job to eat Twixes because that's how I feel today. Because that's that's what real life is like. That's what real life is like. You have good days, you have bad days, and and that's okay. And to present anything else would be disingenuous. It would it would be a lie. I know we all curate our social to a certain extent, but presenting the real me and my colleagues, because we have other coaches in Coaching for Geeks too, is what attracts people to coaching for geeks in my understanding so yes sorry got away from the question yes we have had some major successes we had could be careful because of course the coaching relationship is uh is is private but we have people who have been very very stuck in their careers and unsure of where to go and how to get out of it and within a few weeks, they're like, oh, yeah, just secured my dream job. Off we go. <laughs> what? what? How did that happen? Like, oh, you know, that thing you said that time. Or that, that story you told. Yeah, we use a lot of stories. Um, we find out what they like. Use metaphors and stories about knights going on adventures or sort of, sort of periphery characters from Game of Thrones or, or, or Mario. Uh, and they're just simple stories, but they create some kind of change at some level that enables people to just get on with it and do things. Okay. You mentioned one project that I guess was kind of in the very early stages, but it was, it was very interesting to me that you were talking about developing a live action game to teach, for instance, confidence building skills. Oh yeah. Something like a true dungeon live or an escape room. Uh, can you talk about that? I can. Um, uh, uh, if I, once I've talked about it on the air, I'm going to have to get on with it and build it before somebody else does. So this is a good thing <laughs> for me to do too. But sure, imagine a day. Imagine a, a, almost a, 
a LARP-esque experience, an immersive theatre or an immersive game where you turn up at the castle, you've been called as Knights of the Realm and you have to, something tragic has befallen the land and you have to go into the dungeon and, and slay the beast that has cast its spell. The details will come, <laughs> but you have to participate in a variety of activities in order to earn your sword, your shield, your cloak, to learn a spell. But all of these activities will actually be uh, confidence-building activities. So uh, there's there's things from neurolinguistics, there's things from CBT, there's things from simple things. Uh, like the Amy Cuddy uh, TED talk about making yourself as big as possible. What if we sent them into a tavern, but they had to make themselves as big as possible at all times, otherwise they get zapped with a spell and something happens. Uh, it will start in my kitchen with a cardboard castle on the walls whilst we whilst we figure out the modules and what works, what doesn't. It'll be an iterative process. Uh, and ultimately... I've seen a castle in Italy that's going quite cheap and I would quite like to buy it and run it there. <laughs> run it there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's still very early days for that one. But that again, it's about practising. It's about practising it. You can learn confidence. It is a learned skill. It is a technique. But if you don't practise it, if you don't have that experiential uh method of learning it of using it of trying it out then it's not going to stick it's not going to work it's that you can you can learn the confidence but when you go up and talk to the girl uh, you've got nothing to say so you, <laughs> you have to go out you have to talk to people you have to practice you have to get the experience so you can talk up and go hey there how are you doing brilliant and, and that's what the experiential game is all about as kids do this kids learn through play all the time and they don't care if they get it wrong they just want to have as many goes as possible so that's what we're trying to draw on through a lot of this is is that doesn't matter if you get it wrong first time doesn't matter if you get it wrong second time doesn't matter if you get it wrong third time what matters is that you keep coming back you keep trying you have another go because at some level the learning is going in at some level, that experience is being absorbed. At some level, you're leveling up. You're gaining XP. And at some point, you are going to hit that next level. It is all going to stick. And you'll, you'll, well, I don't want to say save the princess, but <laughs> that's what came out of my mouth. Oh, no, it's like that terrible Zelda advert. Um, will you save the princess or fight like one? <laughs> no, Nintendo, that's not cool. <laughs> oh man <laughs> all right well on that note i was very excited to talk to you about your current projects and some ideas you're working on um how can people find out more about you and about coaching for geeks oh we're quite easy to find uh coachingforgeeks.com uh is our site if you want the podcast it's called Coaching for Geeks. It's on pretty much everything except for Spotify. And if you want to join the group, which you should, it's great. We have achievements coming back soon. Uh, cfgshortcut.com will take you to the group, answer three simple questions, and we'll let you in. Oh, that's awesome. 
So uh, thank you so much for being on the show and, and talking about uh, all you're doing and, and all the awesome ways that you're using games to help people to help themselves. Thanks so much for having me, Chaz. I love the show. I love listening. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's lots for me to learn from the awesome people you have on. So keep up the good work, my friends. Thanks again, Robin, for coming on the show. Something that I really enjoy about this show is being able to talk to people who are helping other people in their lives. And I just find it so inspiring, these guests that I have that have turned their passion for geeky things, for video games, things that people used to see as useless, and now they're turning them around and they're helping people. And that's an idea that I really wanted to explore in the show was how can video games help people? How are gamers taking inspiration from their games, how can they turn those and apply them to real life? If you're interested in more of that topic, last week's episode with Robbie Farlow, uh, another coach who uses video games, uh, episode with Mike Sweetman, he's also a wellness coach, and he also takes some inspiration from the games he plays. The episode with Josue Cardona, the counselor who uses video games. I've had so many guests that are finding ways to help people. So if you like this episode, go back and check out those other episodes. They'll be right up your alley. So the announcement that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Next episode is going to be the last episode of season one of Plus of Intelligence. So next episode is going to close out season one of the show, and I can't think of a bigger topic to end on. We're going to talk about the relationship between video game violence, and real-life violence. And I've got the authors of the book Moral Combat coming on the show. And they are the guys to talk to on this topic. They are true experts on the subject, and they do an excellent job explaining the research that they've done, the research that's out there. They keep it very fact-based. I'm super excited about it. So this is an episode you do not want to miss. If you care about video games and the way that they're represented in culture and our ideas about them, and if you have any doubts about maybe they're dangerous or not, this is the episode that you're going to want to listen to. So look for that coming soon. Until then, be sure to support the show by checking out the loot page, plus7intelligence.com loot. Go there, click some buttons, help to spread the word of the show, and maybe end up winning a game out of it. In just a couple days, I'm going to be doing the drawing to give away the Stanley Parable. And I'm still going to be giving away some games in the hiatus between seasons of the show. So the next game I'm going to be giving away, that would be January 7th, 2018, is a game called Waking Mars. It's an interesting platformer about life on Mars. And you kind of interact with alien life in a way that you don't see very often in video games. So head on over to the loop page and see if you can win one of those games. Maybe it'll be kind of my my around Christmas time gift for you. So that's all for this episode of Plus 7 Intelligence. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Universe.